The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Freds. What is going on, peeps? Welcome to episode 52 of the Fretzelmania podcast, Postmortem. I'm Mr. Fretz. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. This podcast is on Russell Attic Radio, The Cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast on all common listening platforms. Today, I will be talking about AEW Full Gear and Monday Night Raw from November 19th, 2001. The night after Survivor Series, The Alliance is no more. Vince McMahon is doing a little house cleaning. And what is Ric Flair doing on Monday Night Raw? Find out on this historic episode. That's okay. Opening up the pay-per-view, we had two of the four pillars of AEW in Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF versus Darby Allen. The match went all over the place. We had a really cool spot where Sean Spears and Wardlow tried to interfere, but Sting came in. Uh, MJF grabbed Darby's skateboard brought it into the ring, and dared Allen to hit him with it for the disqualification. And then, you know, behind the referee's back while Allen handed the board to the referee. MJF, the perfect heel, the perfect asshole, my favorite wrestler right now, slipped on his diamond ring to knock Allen out behind the referee's back. And then, of all things, MJF used a headlock takeover on the unconscious Darby to score the pin. So this is going to be something he's going to use against Darby for the rest of his career. I beat you with a headlock takedown. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure, like, George Hackenschmidt beat Lou Thez with that move in the 20s. So, whatever. This match was just so damn much fun. And it gives MJF even more heel heat. Even more just gong show stuff. Despite buying the pay-per-view, I had a, a few other things going on that night that kind of distracted me from really appreciating the whole of this show. So I'm going to have to go back and watch some of this stuff, including FTR versus the Lucha Brothers. FTR coming out to literally the Midnight Express's theme from the 80s. Nice touch there. Lucha Bros having just won the, the championship uh, from the Young Bucks at the last pay-per-view. And FTR winning the AAA Tag Team Championships from the Lucha Bros on TV a couple of weeks ago. Donned out in masks as well. I forgot what they what they called them. This was tag team wrestling at its best. Phoenix hit a really nice frog splash, which was, of course, the tribute to Guerrero. Uh, Cash Wheeler put his mask on to try to do some kind of illegal pin spot. I actually thought they were going for the weighted mask, like, you know, or that the foreign object in the mask bit that Doom did to the Steiner Bros at, like, Halloween Havoc 89. I thought they were going for that spot here. Uh, there was a wicked spot where, where the Lucha Bros were going for that spike package pile driver move, I forget what they call it, on one of the Revival. But at the same time, Phoenix leapt over, over the spike pile driver move Connected with it while hitting another member 
of the revival of, of FTR. I'm going to keep calling them the revival here because whatever. And connected with both of these moves. And then finally, an assisted pile driver allowed the Lucha Bros to retain. That ending was a little convoluted and overbooked, but, you know, I appreciate the offer they were trying to do. They were trying to do an illegal pin, but Remsburg, I think it was probably Remsburg or Aubrey, I forget. I only know those two refs from that company, so it was one of them, you know, did their job and said, hey, no, except that, you know, this time Danhausen wasn't texting them saying, hey, they cheated, no swearing kind of thing. Get well soon, Danhausen, seriously. Miro versus Brian Danielson in the finals of the World Championship Eliminator Tournament. Both men showed off, showed off some scouting with Danielson trying to attack Miro's bad neck and Miro just outpowering Danielson. This was just your big David versus Goliath match. You know, Miro countering the flying knee into a wicked-ass powerbomb. Just all the power spots by Miro. Danielson was relying on his technical wrestling ability and his submissions. And like every match that he's been in for the past little while, his chest looks like a, a pound of raw ground beef afterwards. Just them chopping the absolute bejesus out of each other. The Miro connected with the game over a couple of times, but Danielson fought to the ropes. Now there was the finish here. It wasn't necessarily smooth, but it also came out of nowhere. You know, Danielson connected with like a, a top rope tornado DDT and then had the guillotine choke, you know, the Roman Reigns special locked in after he connected with that move off the top rope. But Mira was out cold from the DDT. So we kind of passed out. So you made Miro still look strong in the finish. And Danielson is your number one contender. And right then and there, I predicted an outcome for the world championship match that, looking back, I'm glad that I got horribly wrong. Awesome. Christian Cage and the Jurassic Express versus the Super Click Party in a False Count Anywhere match. This was just... This was like the hardcore title battle royal from WrestleMania 2000. This was just nothing but nonstop nonsense. Ladders and chairs and concertos and that thumbtack knee pads. They really jumped the shark with that one there. Uh, Luchasaurus doing a standing shooting star press off of the stage onto the, the elite. We had... Jungle Boy teasing a concerto and then he was hesitant about it. And then later to finish Nick Jackson, uh, one of the Jacksons, with the concerto, with Christian's, you know, encouragement. We had that match. A Adam Cole just gacked himself really hard in this match. Must have went, <laughs> bladed himself, bladed himself really good. Had a, had a really good, uh, crimson mask going on here that thumbtack cover knee pad had a bte trigger connect with it luchasaurus choke slammed cole off the ramp and then that said shooting star press and yeah th this match was just crazy but it was crazy fun i liked it this next match i wasn't paying a lot of attention to because again i had other stuff 
that was going on. You know, nothing that I'm going to talk about here. I'm okay. Just so you know, I'm okay. But I, yeah. Um, Cody and Pac versus Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo. Cody got booed every time he did anything in this match. This is getting to like MJF levels of heat here on Cody. This is getting to Reign of Terror Triple H from 2002 to 2004 levels of heat on Cody. And I get it. I just I just don't like Cody. Uh ever even when he was doing that stupid I'm going to smash this giant throne thing. Get it? Symbolism. Get it? Get it? Because I hate Triple H. Get it? Yeah, C Cody just fucking sucks. Uh, yeah, and he got taken out of this match a little bit early on. We had a whole bunch of great near falls and whatnot. And then, you know, Pac basically wins by himself to the uh, Poison Rana and Black Arrow. Yeah, I, as again, I wasn't paying attention much to this match, but this next one I made sure to keep my eyeballs glued to the screen. And that was CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. And this match had a little bit of truth melting in with the kayfabe here just a little bit. Way back in the day on the indie circuit, I think at like, Probably an MLW show. Eddie Kingston accidentally injured Delirious. And CM Punk screamed at him in the locker room in front of the boys. Calling him fat, lazy, and unsafe. And it seems that Kingston was just really holding on to that grudge. All these years later. And it really helped tell a great story. Like these setups. These vignettes, these interviews that they were cutting beforehand were phenomenal. Like even going back to Eddie when he had his match of the year candidate with Danielson on Rampage was cussing out and screaming backstage while CM Punk was having an interview and they get physical and then Kingston cuts this one promo where he has this dream the night before he faces Danielson. And he vividly describes this dream, which it's kind of leaving my mind right now, but it's a vivid portrayal of how he perceives punk. And it just wove into this story ever so beautifully. Both these men just come to the ring, no bullshit, no taunting, no nothing. It's just, it's go time. Let's, let's fight. Uh, you know, even Punk, who came out in like Brock Lesnar fight shorts, not doing, you know, it's clobbering time. He's just making a beeline to Eddie Kingston. They get physical. They get in their face. Referees trying to separate them. But then out of nowhere, boom, Eddie Kingston with a cheap shot with a spinning back fist on Punk. And we are off. And Punk was getting booed in this match. And I think it was Tony Khan was kind of comparing this to the to the Rock Hogan match from WrestleMania X8. That's almost 20 years ago now. Holy crap. This match, these two were just taking lumps out of each other. Uh, Punk got, got gacked really good. Got booed. He was kind of playing with the crowd a little bit. He started doing the, the five moves of doom. You know, the Cena, the, the, like the, the protoplex and the, the, 
what's the friggin' fist, the, the friggin' fist move here? Not that kind, John Wayland. Not that kind. Delete your search history, kids. No, the uh, five-knuckle shuffle. Yeah, speaking of deleting your search history. Yes, a five-knuckle shuffle in No Nut November. Oh, you're just teasing us, dude. It takes two go-to-sleeps to put Eddie Kingston down. After the match, CM Punk extends his hand as a form of sportsmanship, code of honor, and Kingston denies and just walks away. And the crowd cheers Eddie. The crowd was on Eddie's side throughout this entire thing. There was still the CM Punk chance. There was the dueling chance. But Punk was getting a little bit of a negative reaction already. This next match here, I really didn't pay attention to this match. I was actually getting ready for bed because I worked early Sunday morning and I knew that the main event was going to end around midnight. So I had my teeth brushed. I had, you know, my pajamas on and whatnot, had my headphones in, and I was just ready to call it a night. And I forgot this was even on the bloody show. And it's the inner circle versus the the top men, Dan, Dan Lambert's goon squad with Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, Junior Dos Santos, Andre Orvalosky, and Dan Lambert himself in a Minneapolis street fight. This match was a whole bunch of nonsense. Uh, my favorite spot of the whole match was when Ethan Page verbally abusing Jack Hager's wife and beside her is wrestling legend Baron Von Raschke who locks the iron claw on Page selling it like death like a million bucks Ethan's facials are just mwah, their chef's kiss he's great Chris Jericho wins after an Eddie Guerrero inspired top rope frog splash that wasn't bad for a 50-year-old dude, so I'll give Jericho credit there. I still love Chris Jericho. I don't give a crap. I friggin' love Judas, although the whole singing thing, the crowd singing thing, and then muting so only the crowd sings is getting a little old, but yeah, I just wanted to get to the main event. I didn't care about this match, and here we go. But oh, it's not time for the main event yet, because Jay Lethal was announced as being all elite and he immediately challenges Sammy Guevara to a TNT title match which would would have already taken place on Dynamite this week by the time you hear this and holy crap that match was awesome is what I'm more than likely going to say because Jay Lethal is spectacular he comes out to friggin Black Machismo's theme Mwah! chef's kiss once again Jay Lethal is all elite. And in the main event, Hangman Adam Page challenging Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship. Whole bunch of wacky spots here. There was an awesome sign in the crowd that Kenny like looks like he acknowledged. And it said, what would Coda think? Hmm. I do wonder because we're getting frigging Stone Pitbull Ishii on Dynamite. Versus Miro just once. Please, 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 please. One fantastic thing about this match is that the one winged angel is still protected because 
Adam Page pressed A and B and No Mercy and hit Kenny with his own move, and Kenny kicks out of his own move. Psychology at its finest. Speaking of psychology at its finest, dipshit alert because the Young Bucks came out near the end of this match when we thought, oh my gosh, they're going to sabotage this and Kenny's still going to be the champion. We're not going to strike with the iron is hot. Why are you just staring at, at, at Adam? Did, did you just nod at him before he hit the second buckshot lariat? Oh my gosh, Hangman Adam Page is AEW champion, cowboy shit, cowboy shit, cowboy shit. And also that entrance by Page where he was horseback riding through downtown Minneapolis to a montage of all of his failures. The storytelling, just, just wow, folks, just so damn good. And now, it is time for Monday Night Raw from November 19th, 2001, from Charlotte, North Carolina, the night after the Survivor Series. Team WWF has won the war against the Alliance. Titles have been unified. People are tentatively out of a job in the company. Folks, just before I get on here, this is a very historic episode of Monday Night Raw. This is kind of the great reset after the invasion angle. And now that I've gone through the entire thing week by week, it was misbooked, it was mishandled, it was overbooked, and it just became a McMahon family feud again, which it could have had so much more potential. I really liked Adam Blompier's rebooking of this. He did several years ago now. It's a lot better than anything I can come up with. I said I was going to fantasy book this ages ago. I'm going to save that for something down the line. I got a great Brucey bonus review coming out for you in the 1st of December. It's one that I literally just came up with the other day. You're going to have to wait and see what it is. So before the show goes on the air, Mick Foley approaches the corporate jet and says to Vince McMahon, you know, why don't you name a chair after me on, on this jet? You know, like my blood, sweat and tears paid for things like this, you know, how about the Cactus Jack couch or the Mankind share? I like how that rings off the tongue. And then he's like, ha, how about the dude love toilet? Ha, 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 ha. And, you know, McFoley's like, you're a billionaire who took a guy that loves this business and made him no longer care. This was kind of a shoot, by the way. And he he's up says like, hey, are you up on your philosophers? Are you up on your Plato? Plato? Power should be confined to those who are not in love with it. Oof. And he's just like, I resign. And like, you can't quit. You're f No, no, no. Like, hey, fire me. Fire me. Go ahead, Vince. Fire me. Because 
When I step foot off this plane and I start walking on the ground, my feet hit the ground, I'm done. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. And Vince is still eating his fruit platter like, have a nice day. JR is at ringside calling the action by himself because, well, Mr. Heyman just might be out of a job. No chance, because that's what you got. Up against a machine too strong. I'm going to not sing the rest of this. Vince McMahon comes out here and says, it's time to celebrate. You know, saying things like, you know, that we owe Kurt Angle everything. Kurt Angle gets all the booze. And he just says, hey, with WCW, only the title remains, but it is now called the World Championship. Then he says that tonight we're going to have the first member inducted in this new club that I just started today. I'm going to have one member of the Alliance to come to the ring to literally kiss my ass to get their job back. Out comes the RVD chance, except the whole effing show Rob Van Dam would Van Daminator McMahon's ass before he would plant his lips on it. And he says, the moment Austin gets here, I'll execute my grand plan. And he notices the empty chair next to JR and says, hey, Paul Heyman, come on down, okay? And Paul Heyman starts laughing at JR. And he's like, I appreciate those who speak your mind. And I remember the things that you said about me a couple of weeks ago. Paul, you're fired. Fires Paul Heyman on national TV. Heyman, just aghast, walks out of the ringside, just pale, just horrified. He goes and tries to pick a fight with JR. JR just starts feeding him. And then he says, Goo-goo-ka-choo, the Wallers is gone. Yeah, get out of here. And then they're like, here's your new replacement, Jerry the King Lawler. And he's like, there is a god. Okay, um, JR, I am a Christian. Don't make me say God's dead, because I think God's alive. But Lawler. <sighs> okay, I appreciate the legend in the ring that is Jerry the King Lawler. As I've gone back to some of these Raws, the ones I were reviewing where Jerry was still on there, He's kind of a perv, and I'm going to have a line here just a little bit later on in here, which made me think, holy crap, you're a pig. And Lawler's a legend, straight up. Legend in the ring, somewhat of a legend on commentary, kind of pervy. But Heyman and JR had just amazing chemistry. They bounced off each other because they were kayfabe feuding with each other. And that's what makes announcers more captivating is if there's just a little bit of animosity there like back in the day jerry lawler was like the heel announcer and he was good at it michael cole was a heel announcer and he was abysmal at it there's a difference if you can turn the knob up <clears throat> phrasing just a little bit 
you can go places with it in terms of being the heel announcer. The first match that Jerry the King Lawler calls upon his return is Lita versus Trish. Puppies! Oh! Okay, I kind of missed that over the past six months, but still. Yikes. So, Trish comes out here to her rock theme, which is better than her little Kim theme. I'm not sorry. Matt Hardy here has been acting kind of strange lately. There's a little bit of miscommunication. There's a little bit of just offness between Matt and Lita and Matt and Jeff. And there's a spot here where Trish Stratus goes to the baseball slide, but hits Matt in the face. He has loose teeth now and says, Hey, my mouth is open for business. <laughs> Matt helps Lita up into the ring immediately, but Trish counters and just like that hits a backslide immediately and wins the match and retains her women's title i forgot to mention here that trish stratus is the new women's champion after having the title vacated for the past six months backstage vince mcmahon is with the still employed members of the alliance these are title holders so i guess they're okay oh and the guy that won the immunity battle royal in test so we have the dudley boys the undisputed tag team champions christian the european champion rob van dam the hardcore champion and then for no reason vince books the dudley boys and rvd in a handicap tables match and then christian's like you know I, i'm proud to be here and be the european champion uh thank you vince extends his hand get out of my sight Speaking of RVD versus the Dudleys, it's here and it's brought to you by Mobile Suit Gundam. Yes, the anime, but the toys of the anime. Xbox, who just this week celebrated 20 years in the console market, and another console that launched the exact same week. The Nintendo GameCube launching with Luigi's Mansion, one of the most polarizing games in the Nintendo library. I loved it. It was something different and a game that starred player two, the guy I always wanted to be when playing Mario. I always wanted to be Luigi. Anybody else like this? Hit me up if you were like this. Oh, and of course, um, lugs. It's for your feet. And Jerry is infatuated with Stacy. He's like, where's she from? Certainly not from the Virgin Islands. It's like, we can't be a couple. There's too much of an age difference. If only she was younger. Gross. Just gross. And yeah, there's a bit here. There's a rolling thunder. Devon hits the super neck breaker. Rob, Dam Rob Van Dam, say that 10 times fast. Gets a chair out, hits the Van Daminator. He goes to Five Star Frog Splash Devon, who is in the other end of the ring on a table. And there's another ring set just below the, the rope, the turnbuckle. But he leaps over that table, through Devon through the other table. But no, Devon moves. There's a 3D and it doesn't break. I am the table. You know, this was probably on Botchamania a few times. 
And then a second 3D, the table finally breaks, and I am the table. The Dudley boys win. Backstage, Kurt Angle, he's looking for thank yous. He's looking for The Rock. He finds this stagehand who says, oh yeah, he's over there. We have WWF New York and I am not booked tonight with sweet zombie Linda McMahon. Just look, looking like she was on the, the campaign trial for her latest failure and escapade in politics. Kurt Angle finds The Rock backstage. He's expecting a thank you for The Rock for saving your job. And The Rock's like, you know, I didn't want, need, or ask for your help. And you didn't think to let us in on your plan. And then he's mocking Kurt Angle's speech here. And he's like, for one month, undercover, you lied. You hit us with chairs. And The Rock's like, you know, I challenge you to a match tonight. Angle's like, only if your title is on the ring. And he calls Kurt Angle, you know, gullible, milk-drinking Kurt. I won't trust you or Vince. You're no savior. You're an asshole. Backstage, Shane and Steph arrive, driving to the ring in their own car. We had to drive ourselves! Oh, imagine the horror of not having a limo driver or a bus driver or something take you. Imagine having to drive yourself. Vince McMahon here with the strangest yet funniest line of the entire night saying that how proud I am as a father to hear slut chance being directed at my daughter. Vincent, she is your daughter. Dude, just that's so weird. And they're all like, what happened to our family? Vince McMahon asks them to speak their mind now. And there is a sign in the crowd here that I should have pointed out Survivor Series, but it's seven, but it's S, the number seven, and N. And that, of course, is seven, the wrestler that would go on to be Kevin Thorne in WWECW, who was in OVW at the time, kind of tearing some stuff up. And Shane, all he says is, you won, you're the better man, to Shane's a pussy chance. Stephanie McMahon, batting her eyes, playing the innocent daddy's little girl, saying that, you know, I'm young, I was naive. She throws Shane under the bus, saying that it was all his idea, you know, especially the whole thing where uh, she slapped her mother. Yeah, all Shane's idea, okay. And Steph's, you know, doing the crying I love you, Daddy. You're a genius. Batting the eyes, doing the innocent little girl, the big eyes thing. And then Vince just... Security! Just sees her daughter get dragged out of there, literally kicking and screaming. Mr. T is shown in the crowd wearing a 1-800-COLLECT t-shirt, and I felt ancient with that reference. The Rock versus Kurt Angle for the WCW... <clears throat> I mean... World Championship. We see a Vengeance ad because that pay-per-view is coming up. Angle sucks, Chance. Angle is taking The Rock to Suplex City. Goes for a moonsault but gets crotched on the top rope. There is a great rock bottom counter into the Angle Slam. 
straps are down, which means here we're going to go an ankle lock. Rock reverses that into a victory, victory roll to win the match and retain the title. Afterwards, Chris Jericho attacks. And now... Oh, boy. The Kiss My Ass Club. Now, this is a bit of a rib. This is funny. But holy crap, just... Why? Vince McMahon invites someone to come to the ring to become the inaugural member of the Kiss My Ass Club. And that man ends up being William Regal. Now, William Regal gets down on his knees. Vince McMahon gets his bum out and then starts doing tricks that are like, hey, hey, fuck, my ass can do tricks. He just kind of like gyrates it or pinches his cheeks together or something like that. Uh, gives William Regal some chapstick because I don't want no chapped lips kissing my ass. JR says, don't cut the cheese. Would have been funny if Vince farted in Regal's face. But then Regal just kisses his ass and is horrified and leaves. Backstage, William Regal is throwing a fit going, and you bloody think this is funny? And then Taz just shakes his head, is disgusted with Regal, saying, what a kiss ass. That was funny. And then William Regal attacks him afterwards. Chris Jericho versus Kane. And when this match started, an air horn went off. At the exact same time, the Chiefs got a touchdown during the Chiefs-Raiders game last night. Sorry, Ricky. <laughs> and uh, Chris Jericho hits a low blow here. Referee does nothing. Finally, a chair shot gets Chris Jericho disqualified. He locks Kane in the walls of Jericho for an eternity a couple of times, and Kane kind of visually taps out. Backstage, Kurt Angle is still pouting that he's not appreciated and runs into his old buddy Edge. Oh, you have something to say? It's like, hey, Kurt, these titles are more than you have, basically. And they just have their exchange here. And the You Suck chants are coming. It's as a result of this feud. We might see them by the end of the year, which is very intriguing to me. And once again, the camera is waiting for Steve Austin to be fashionably late for Raw, as always. William Regal versus Taz is a very quick match here. Uh, Taz's contract is retained to be a broadcaster on SmackDown, which explains his kayfabe employment on Raw. And right away here, Taz's pyro just smokes the whole arena. He locks the Taz mission on Regal, but Regal gets out. And then finally, the Regal stretch in a smoke-filled ring. Taz taps out. Backstage, Vince McMahon makes Kurt Angle an offer. How would you like to be the WWE champion? I want to show you my appreciation. Hey, walk with me, talk with me. Let's let's go here. So they get in the ring here, and Vince McMahon says, you know, I want to thank you, Kurt, for being a hero. He has the WWE title in his possession for some reason. You know, since Steve Austin isn't here, we need a WWE champion who has dignity, class, and credibility. So I want to award Kurt 
angle the title. I have the honor of stripping him. And then. No. This can't be. Woo! Rick Flair walks to the ring, styling, profiling, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun. This was a shocking moment, to say the least, at the time. Ric Flair says that he bet on a winner last night. Angle, you're a man of integrity, of gold medals. This is not the way to win the title. Be a man who wins the title legit. Shane and Stephanie sold their stock to the consortium. And that consortium... That consortium... Dance, dance, was me! We're partners, pal! Limo riding, kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing, son of a gun! Vince McMahon just grabs his ear in the most... Just fantastic bit of... Visuals with the face I've ever seen from him. Glass shatters. Austin beats down Angle, beats down Vince, takes his title back and shares a beer with the Nature Boy. Now, Flair's been under controversy, rightfully so, for the past little while. But I can't ignore the just the iconic moment that this was. For the first time in nine years, Flair was back in the WWE. And that was huge for the time. And it told a really great story. It had Ric Flair as the co-owner of the WWE. 50-50. This is going to be some pretty fun stuff over the next little while. Now, closing off here, what do I remember from this? It's obviously Ric Flair. I forgot that Angle was going to be basically given the title and Vince had it in his possession. And what would I change? WCW wins, straight up. I wanted to see WCW win, and then they can run the show until, like, WrestleMania. You could have had a War Games winner-take-all match at WrestleMania in Toronto. That would have been freaking awesome. But, alas, WCW lost because Vince, I guess. So, thank you very much for listening, folks. Be sure to follow all of us at Wrestle Addict Radio at Addict underscore Wrestle on Twitter. Listen to the Kings of the Rings podcast who stream live on Twitch and YouTube every Wednesday night at about 7.38 o'clock. Mr. YLP himself, Zach, the Young Lions perspective whenever he chooses to make his return. And Mance, his back catalog is on our feed as well. He's not part of our network anymore but he is still part of our family and i suggest going through his old stuff because it is a pretty good time so until then folks keep your stick on the ice and have a good one